Good morning, church. Happy New Year. Oh, uh, let's try. Look, I want you to say Happy New Year like you want the neighbors to hear it. Happy New Year, church. Happy New Year. Now we're talking. That's the church I know. Well, welcome. We're so glad you're here. January 2, kick off the year. I love starting the new year. I love New Year's. I don't know what it is about me. My personality just loves to be able to look at some of the things in the past and go, you know what? That's over. We get the greatest do-over. Well, the second greatest do-over. January is the second. The first greatest do-over is when Jesus saved me and I became a brand new Christian and all the things of the past were erased and the future is erased because of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Come on, church. Amen. All right. All right. Listen, we're starting a series today called Pray First, and we'll use this through the month of January. There's a nice little quote that's gone around. Every great pastor has used this quote for a prayer series. So um, not that I'm a great pastor. I'm just copying the great pastors. But they've said this, prayer should never be our last resort, but our first response. And so we want to pray first this year. Um, my hope is that in the month of January that I lead our church into a more consistent and powerful prayer life. And so what we're going to do beginning next Sunday is kick off our 21 days of prayer together. And so we're going to kick it off next week. We have some things to give you next week, but we're going to start praying together for 21 days. I believe God will use it to do great things in our life. But to help us be ready next week, uh, I just want to let you know what you're going to get when you come to church next week, because you're coming next week, right? Yes, awesome. So we have a pray first prayer guide for every person that comes next week. We're going to put this in your hand. We'll use it as a tool for our prayer for 21 days. And so we're going to want you to have that. Um, also, our children are getting their prayer guide today. So they're picking theirs up today. And so your kids are going to have their own prayer guide and they're going to be going through it. Parents, I suggest you read through it with them. Be a part of their prayer life. Teach them to pray as well. I mean, you know, listen, God loves it when kids pray. And so you want to be with them when your kids pray. I want to give a big shout out, though. This prayer guide was written by our children's pastor, Nicole Roberts, and she has done an amazing job. Come on, get your hands together for that. Um, she is so anointed in so many ways. Words is something that comes to her so in just such a gifted way. Um, I did not write this. We used some other materials, but the kids one is awesome. Also, next week, um, we have a super stylish green wristband for you, and it's going to look so good. You ladies are going to love it. It's going to match nothing that you wear. Um, it's going to stand out. You're going you're gonna to go to the checkout counter, and you're going to stick your hand out, and they're going to look at that ugly bracelet, and you're going to be like, I know, it reminds me to pray. And then you can pray for the cashier. And, and uh, so, But we're going to give you a prayer bracelet next week, and um, you, know, you don't have to wear it. I, it's up to you. You might want to put it in your car or something to remind you to pray. I'll be wearing mine, though. I want all the remembering I can to pray, and so it'll be awesome. So that's next week, so you'll have to come back and get some of our goodies as we kick off the 21 days of prayer. And so let me tell you why, though, we're kicking this off. Matthew 6, says it like this. It says, but seek, everybody say it, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. So we will always need to seek God first. We want to put him first in our life. And when we seek God first, the Bible teaches us that he will add to our life. He'll anoint our life. He'll protect our life. He'll, he'll give you grace, more grace and more grace. And I mean, it just he just blesses us with everything we need when we seek him first. 
And so I believe it like this, that when we seek God first, he blesses the rest. I think it's a principle that's all through scriptures. When we seek God first thing in the morning, I believe God will bless the rest of your day. I believe that when you come to church and you seek God on Sunday, the first day of the week, then we can see God's blessings throughout the rest of the week. That's why you want to be here on Sunday if you have a really busy week so God can bless your week. I believe also though we want to pray at the first of the year in January and seek God first so there's blessings that come all year long. So next week we're kicking off 21 days of prayer together and so I hope you'll be back for that. And I believe this. I believe that you can have your best year ever in 2022, if you have your best spiritual year ever. Amen? Amen. Amen. Listen, I want to begin this Sunday, first of the year, with a declaration over your life, over our church. And every year at the beginning of the year, I just begin to seek God and I ask Him, you know, give me some sort of a word or direction for our church in some way. And, um, and often God shares, you know, just an impression on me where I think he's, you know, going, something he's saying to us. So, um, so I have a declaration kind of in a prophetic nature of what I believe God is saying, and I'll share that with you, and then I'll jump into my message. But um, I believe the Lord shared with me in prayer that, um, that 2022 is going to be a year of production or produce. And to explain it like this, if you consider a farmer that plants seeds and waters seeds, cultivates the seed, um, protects the seed, then he or she, that farmer, knows that the seed will produce a harvest and there's production out of that. There's, there's you know, a result to planting those seeds. I believe the Lord is calling you and calling me, calling our church to plant seeds of prayer this year. And I believe in that, as we water that seed of prayer, I believe that God is promising to us a, a, a greater sense of harvest and production out of that, that, that we can stand in a place of, of belief that God is going to do more through our prayer time this year. I was studying the, that the average fruit tree takes about four to five years before it produces fruit. So um, you, you know, take it from a seed somewhere around four to five years before it produces fruit. And so in that, I felt like the Lord just shared with me, there are some people who have been praying for things over the years, and this will be a year that you see the fruit of that seed that was planted years before. But also I believe that he is saying to me that he is accelerating the growth process. He's accelerating the, the planting and the harvest season and bringing those a little closer together for us. And so I believe that God is saying that those who plant prayers will receive an abundance of produce in this year in the areas of your prayer. And so I just want to declare that over you today. I want to just pray that God's blessings and his accelerated production of, of, of your prayer life and, and God just does more and more in your life this year through prayer. And um, obviously we have a, a series on prayer. I believe it's a, a word for the year though that we would stay in prayer. We'd take this not just as a January prayer event, but we become people of prayer. And out of that, we'll see God do amazing things and produce so much in our lives. And so in order to receive it, I'm going to ask you if you would just stand to your feet um, as I declare a word of the Lord in a prophetic nature. And I think it's appropriate for us to receive it. Um, you know, every uh, prophetic word is our, you know, they, they have power in them if you receive them. Um, there's no life in them if you don't. And so 
today as you stand, you're in a posture to receive the word of God. And so I, I just pray this over you, declare in 2022, incredible blessings over your life. Stronger relationships and increasing health and finances over your life. I declare that you will see and experience the surpassing greatness of God's favor in every area of your life. I declare that nothing is impossible for God. He is the God of supernatural breakthrough and a miracle worker. And as we agree together to seek God first, we believe and receive the word for 2022 that it is a year of accelerated production, more answered prayers, more fruit, and more harvest. And I declare that the best days are ahead of you in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, listen, before you're seated, yeah, go ahead and give it a clap. Before you're seated, tell three or four people that God is going to bless them this year. Go ahead and tell them. Now that you've told them that, I want you to look back at that person and say, if, 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 like, like, yeah, if, like there's like the, if you determine to have the most spiritually strong year of your life, um, that's the, the, you know, the, the part of it, there's an if in that. And um, I believe that God will always do his part. He's just, he's calling us into him for prayer. So as we begin this series today, I want to kind of set up our 21 days of prayer with a message titled, Prayer is Our Priority. And I'm starting out of the book of Leviticus, chapter 6, verses 8 through 13. And so I'll just begin to read and then we'll, we'll preach out of that. The Lord said to Moses, who is God's spokesman for the Israelites, and he said to give to Aaron and his sons, who are the, the priest for the Israelites, around the temple there. So he said, give to Aaron and his sons this command. These are the regulations for the burnt offering. The burnt offering is to remain on the altar hearth throughout the night till morning. And the fire must be kept burning on the altar. The fire must be kept burning on the altar. Verse 10 says, the priest shall then put on linen clothes with linen undergarments next to his body and shall remove the ashes of the burnt offering that the fire has consumed on the altar and place them beside the altar. Verse 11 says, Then he is to take off his clothes and put on others and carry the ashes outside the camp to a place that is ceremonially clean. Verse 12 says, The fire on the altar must be kept burning and it must not go out. So there's a, an emphasis on the fire must keep burning and must not go out. The Bible says that every morning the priest is to add firewood and arrange the burnt offerings on the fire and burn the fat of the fellowship offerings on it. And a third time, verse 13, it says, the fire must keep burning on the altar continuously. It must not go out. So the Old Testament gives these instructions to the priest about burnt offerings that are offered to the Lord. And these burnt offerings are the expression of their dedication and their devotion to God. Now, thankfully today, we don't offer sacrifices 
to God to show our devotion. So we are in a, a different season after the cross in grace. And so it's not by our sacrificing of, of animals that draws us close to God. The Bible teaches us in Romans 12, 1 about our sacrifice. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So in other words, it's teaching us that our sacrifice is to live fully devoted to God. And when I think of that being fully devoted to God, I think of things like prayer. I think of things like reading our Bible and, and worshiping together in church and sharing our faith with non-believers. These are, these are those acts of living sacrifice that, that draw us close to God and, and connect us to our King of Kings. And that, that is our living sacrifice. Now, God said to, uh, to the priest through Moses in the previous text, that there was a specific pattern for them. There were regulations that were around their devotion to God. And he was making the keeping the fires burning a priority for the priest. <clears throat> so I believe that for you and I today, that, that our devotion isn't about sacrificing animals, but our consistent prayer life connects us to God, and that's what keeps our spiritual fires burning. And I believe that's the connection that I want for us today is to understand that, that the priest, they, they had to keep the fires burning through the sacrifice and adding wood. Today, we keep our spiritual lives burning through our prayer life for God. We don't bring a sacrifice to God. We bring ourselves to God. Amen? As I was studying this, I kind of ran across a verse that brought some conviction into my life. Have you ever, I'm sure if you've read the Bible long enough, you, you've, God has spoken to you and you went, oh, that is for me, you know. And so I want to share this word that God, you know, hammered me on because I want him to hammer you on it as well. So I'm just, so it's just fair play here. But, but I read this and, um, and I'll just say, let me set it up like this, is I believe it is a sin to not pray. Now that's a heavy thought. The Bible says though, and here's where I got this in 1 Samuel 12, 23, it says, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. So Samuel said it was a sin for him to not pray for the, the people of God and for the temple and for the ministry. And as your pastor, when I read that, in kind of light of Samuel in his role, I was like, it's a sin for me to neglect the, the priority of praying for you and for praying for our church and praying for our ministry. And when I read that, I was like, oh, I feel that because I never want to depend on my own efforts and my own strength to carry the ministry forward that God has called us to. And it's the same for our entire ministry team. All of us should be prioritizing prayer because it doesn't matter what our role is. We need God's power to give us the effectiveness to do kingdom work. Amen? Amen. Now, it's a sin for me, but I want to bring you into the equation because it's not just for pastors. When we forget to pray, then we are forgetting God in our life. 
And so when you forget to pray, then you are forgetting to bring God into your life in every area of your life. Listen, I don't know what your job is. Maybe you're real estate. Maybe you're, maybe you're a homemaker. Maybe, you know, you have some other, you know, dentist, whatever it may be. Listen, you need more than just your skill and your ability to be as effective as God wants you to be. You may be successful in a worldly sense, but you may miss the, the ease and, and the breakthroughs and the, and the supernatural ways that God wants to move through your job and through your day. And if you forget to pray, then you're forgetting to bring God into it. In other words, you are saying to God that I got this, I don't need you. I don't think that's the way to roll. <laughs> Listen, I need God and I'm just going to tell you, you do too. Listen, it's not just about pastoring. It's about every aspect of life. We need God in our life and we need to pray. If prayer isn't real for us, then God isn't real for us. Because why would you not pray? Why would you neglect prayer? If you knew prayer was effective, if you knew God was going to anoint you, if you knew God was going to help you, if you knew God was going to strengthen you, if you knew God was going to do all those things, why would you not? And the only reason you would not, it would be that you, you don't really believe it. Therefore, you don't believe God's really in existence in your life. Therefore, a lack of prayer becomes a, a sin for all of us. Amen. You feel the conviction too? Lovely. Prayer isn't just about answered prayers. I love it. Do you pray this way? Sometimes I do. I have a journal and, and I'll, I'll pray for this and pray for that. I'll pray for something that I'm looking for God to do. And then, and then when God answers that prayer, whether it's next week or next month, I'll circle back to that and I'll check it off and have a celebration moment. I love that. Like it's such a testimony to what God is doing in our life. And, and we should pray that way. But also today, I want you to know that prayer isn't just about getting answered prayers. It's not just what I can get from God. Prayer is our connection to God and prayer is what keeps our spiritual life burning hot for him. You see, when you're saved, when you gave your life to Christ and, and, and I hope that you have, when you do that, God lit a fire inside of you. You don't have to earn that. You don't have to do anything to begin that. You're saved by grace and you didn't earn it in any way. You didn't achieve it. When you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he, he, his light and his life came alive inside of you. He started the flame. But it is our priority to keep the fire burning hot in our life and not let it grow cold. Amen. The priest, his job, if you remember, every morning it said he came in and he put wood on the fire. He, put, he made it a priority to not let the fire go out. And I believe that's the word for you and I, that we have to put wood on the fire every single day. We put wood on by prayer. Prayer is the wood that we put on the fire. And we have to keep it going. Amen. We must never allow the power of, of God's anointing to, to decrease in our life. And, and we must never allow the passion of God to, to grow cold in our life. God will meet you when you pray and he will, he will turn up the flame in your life and he will, he will cause the, the fire to, to burn hot. And, but we have to put the, put the wood on the fire. Uh, in our house, we grew up, we've had two kinds of fireplaces in our house. Um, we had an actual 
log burning, you know, like real wood, like it was manly and it made a mess in the house. Smoke would come in, but it was awesome. Like big fires and flames and, you know, you could sit by it and, you know, and stoke the fire. And it was, I love the big wood burning fire. And so I love that. We also had one of those little like, um, well, it had a, a light switch on the wall. Click the light switch and a little flame would come on in the gas burning log and click and there it was, you know, like, and I was like, man, that's such a wimpy little fire, you know? I'm like, that doesn't count for fire. It's just a little list, you know? And so I like a, a hot fire. I like a big fire. And I believe the way for us to have a big fire inside of us is not just to have a little click on the wall. We have to, we have to put the wood on. We have to pray. And we have to seek God. And we have to give him our life and make that our living sacrifice and come near to him. Amen, church? There's a sobering verse in the book of Revelation, chapter 3, 15 and 16. And this is an angel of the Lord is speaking to a church. And it says, I know your works that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. So y'all can ouch at the same time. The point about this is, is, is God wants us to, to step across the line and, and move out of, of casual Christianity and move out of the, the place to where we don't pray and all we do is basically show up to church on Sunday and check off the box. And I think God wants us to move out of that just kind of consumer Christianity and, and move into something deeper in our life. And, and that's why the challenge is here for us for 2022 to, to step into 21 days of prayer to where we move out of just a, a, a little, you know, little dabble, do you Jesus and say, God, I want you in a, a fuller measure. I want you in a, in a bigger way in my life. And, and the scripture here is about stepping across the line and, and, you know, God doesn't want us to, to be, to be lukewarm and kind of play in the game. He wants us full in. And so I want to teach us today just to be full in, to make it a priority, to, to seek God first this year. And so there are three things that I want to share with you to, to keep our fires burning hot. And I want to take it as we find these three things out of the book of Mark chapter 135. And it says this, it says, and this is about Jesus, it says very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus, he, he got up and he, he left the house and he went out to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions, they, they went looking for Jesus and they finally found him and they, and they said, you know, everyone's looking for you. And so the first thing I want to share with you in terms of, of keeping your, your spiritual fire hot is the, the title of my message, but make prayer a priority. You see, before Jesus started his day, before he let any distractions pull him away, Jesus found a solitary place to pray. Jesus made sure that prayer was his priority in life. Now, there are two times that you need to pray, two times. One is when you need it, and two is when you don't need it. Matter of fact, you always need prayer, amen? So there are kind of two times, and but kind of some styles of prayer, 
And we're talking today more about devotional prayer versus like a spontaneous prayer. Devotional prayer is really where we take time and we, like Jesus did, and you, and you set it aside for, a, a, you know, maybe 10 minutes. And you say, God, I'm going to use this time to seek you. This is my connection time. I'm really not even here to ask you for a whole lot. I just, I just want to pray and know you more and, and build in my life and let the, the spiritual fires burn hot. Jesus set this as an example for us as he, he got up early and he found a place of solitude and he prayed and he connected with, with God. And I believe this is how we can keep our spiritual fires burning. Now, the spontaneous prayers are great. This is like when God gives you that inner impulse to pray for somebody or for something. And, and I mean, we'll, we'll talk about this more through the series, but I think, you know, short prayers are still powerful prayers. And I think you can, you know, you can really bless someone at a checkout counter in, in a 15 second prayer and just pray over somebody. But I think you should be praying first over your children before they go to school. I think you ought to pray first over your children before they go to bed. I think you ought to pray first before you go into that sales meeting. I mean, I think there's just always a time to have a quick prayer. What we're talking about today, though, is that devotional prayer, that set aside time. And that's what our 21 days of prayer is going to be all about, where we set aside some time in the day to seek God. We want to put wood on the fire. I want to see you, me, my family. I want to see our staff. I want to see our church turn up that spiritual flame a little bit in our life through prayer. And so prayer needs to be our priority. Amen. So why pray? Why pray? Why, why make it a priority? Well, I was just kind of pondering some ideas because I believe prayer is a, a sin killer in our life. So I like when you pray, it, it protects you from, from falling into places you shouldn't be. Prayer is a, a giant slayer in our life. I love the, the fact that, that, you know, as we pray that God can, can you know, remove those things that are the standing between us and our destiny. I believe prayer is a, an anointing giver. I believe this is where God brings his supernatural power over our life. I believe prayer is a power increaser. His power increases in our life. I believe God in prayer becomes a mountain mover in our life and he, he begins to move those obstacles. I believe prayer is a problem solver. You pray about the problems that are going on in your life and he gives you wisdom on how to solve those problems. I believe prayer is a marriage healer or maybe just a marriage increaser. Your marriage doesn't have to be a mess to pray for your marriage and let God do more in your marriage. I believe that, that through prayer, he meets our needs. It's a need provider. I believe it's a passion promoter. I believe it's a holiness increaser. I believe it's a relationship builder with God. And I believe it's a spiritual fire accelerator in our life. So I'm thinking like, if it's all those things, like, I mean, that's a pretty good list of things. I don't know about you, but I want all of that in my life. And I'm just thinking probably I could carve out five to 10 minutes a day to see God move in my life in that way. And some people are like, but you don't know my schedule. I don't really care about your schedule. I care about what God can do in your life. And I'm thinking if you got up 15 minutes early next week and you began to pray for just five to 10 minutes, I think it would probably make a pretty significant difference in your life. And one day at the end of the year, you might come back and thank me. Amen. <laughs> all right, listen, so I'm excited about beginning 21 days of prayer because I believe God will release all those things. The second thing I want to encourage you to do is to create a solitary place, create a place. Jesus went to a solitary place. He, he found his place. And I want to encourage you to get ready for our 21 days of prayer by figuring out when and where you're going to pray 
during your 10 or 15 minutes of prayer. You need a time, you need a place free from distractions. Back to this text, which I think is kind of humorous in the way I see it. Mark 1.36 says, Simon and his companions went to look for him. And they found him and they're like, everyone's looking for you. Do you ever feel that way in your life that just everyone's looking for you? You know, like I can't get any time to myself. And if you're a mom with young children, you feel that. But, but honestly, everything is looking for you to distract you from your prayer time. Every email is looking for you. Texts are coming at you. Your spouse is looking for you. Your children are looking for you. The TV is looking for you. Your job is looking for you. Everything is trying to disrupt and distract you from seeking God in prayer. And so that's why I want to encourage you now to plan ahead. Figure out when and where you're going to pray and prepare yourself. And just a few things to prepare yourself with. If I were you, I would go ahead and find your Bible this week. You probably haven't seen it since before Christmas. And so I'd go ahead and find your Bible. That's a joke. I know all of you are very spiritual. You've had your Bible out all week. Um, so, but find your Bible. Then you need to get a journal, um, you know, get something to write on. Don't wait till, you, you know, if you wait till next week to do this and you sit down and you go, well, I need a journal. Then you're going to get on Amazon and you're going to start searching for journals and it's going to take you an hour. And then, you, you know, you've missed your whole prayer time and you're late to work because you didn't get ready. And then you're going to need a pen. And if you don't have a pen, you're going to think, man, next week I'll go to church. I'll steal one of their life church pens. I'll have it then. But it's too late at that point. You know, you should already had your pen. So you want to get all your stuff stuff together, find your place, um, get a, um, get a coaster out because you know, you're going to have coffee when you start, go ahead and lay it all out. So you'll be ready for next week. Awesome. Awesome. And then last I'll close with this final point. Um, have a simple plan. We need a plan. You need to know what you're going to do when you get there. And that's why I want to invite you to come back next week to set up because I have a prayer guide for you. And um, the Bible has several different methods that we can pray through that would teach us how to pray. We're going to go through those, those methods and teach us how to pray, give you a simple plan. So next week when you come back, you can pick that up. Awesome, awesome. Let me close here. Back to that original text in the Old Testament, the priest. They, they put on garments, it said, that were part of their ritual that prepared them to, to come before God. Now, we don't have to go through those rituals today because Jesus has already clothed us with righteousness. Now, the priests, they, they put on this ceremonially clean garment. And, and so what that did is, is when, when God looked at the priest, he didn't see their sin. He saw this ceremonially clean garment that covered them. And so instead of seeing their, their guilt, he saw them as forgiven and he saw them as, as righteous. Therefore, they could come in to the presence of God, come into the holy of holy rooms. And so the garment provided that. Today, because of Jesus Christ, we have been washed by his blood. And, and God doesn't look at our sins but he sees us through the blood of Jesus as forgiven, pure, and clean. And that's why I want to just park right here as I close. Prayer isn't just our priority. Prayer is our privilege because of what Christ has done. And so instead of walking into prayer like it's a have to, like, oh, the whole church is doing it for 21 days and, you know, I'm going to be out if I don't do it. And listen... Listen, it's a privilege. Jesus made a way 
by dying on the cross and shedding his blood so that people like you and I could be completely forgiven of our sins. We are clothed in righteousness. We don't have to go through a ritual. We don't have to put on outer garments because he sees us through what Christ did and we are free to come into his presence and we get to spend time with our Savior, our Father, King of Kings, our Lord of Lords. And basically, he's inviting you and I to come see him. What a privilege it is. Amen. Amen. Would you do me a favor today and just, just make a decision? Just a decision that I'm going to come next week and, and begin a 21-day prayer. And just see what God does as I give him the first of my year. If that's you, if you want to make that decision with me, because I'm in, I'll be here next week. <laughs> I promise. I'll be here. And I want, to, I want to seek God first this year in a deeper, more consistent way and see God move. If that's you, would you join me with your hand raised? Just come on up. Just see your hands. It's a, it's a big promise. I want to see you next week. I can't wait. Father, I thank you for every hand that went up. Thank you, Father, that you're going to move in our life. We're going to see you do great things this year. The best is yet to come for us if, if we seek you, God, and we are determined to do just that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. As I close with one final portion today, potentially the most important thing I'll say all day is that if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then today is your day of salvation. And here's how we like to lay it out for you. I want you to know that you are loved by God. He loves you not because you've been good. He loves us in spite of our lack of being good. He just loves, he loves you. All of us have sinned and that sin is what separates us from God. No one's lived a perfect life. The third box tells us though that Christ he died on the cross as the only payment for our sin. In other words, he took the sin upon himself, my sin, your sin. He, he said, the sin you committed, I'll, I'll own that. And you are free and you are forgiven. And that's that forgiveness that gives us the, the privilege of knowing God. Our role is to accept God's gift of eternal life today. By faith. And if you're here today and you've never begun a life of knowing God through Jesus, I want to make this your opportunity today. So would, would everyone just do me the privilege of bowing your heads and let this be a very private moment for those who want to make this decision. This is a you and your pastor moment. If you're here today and you want to say, yes, pastor, would you pray for me? I want to begin a walk with Jesus. I want my sins forgiven. If that's you today, would you lift your hand real high to me? I'd love to see your hand. I see you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Is there anyone else? I don't want to miss you. Awesome. Hey, we're all going to say this prayer out loud together. But those that raised your hand, this is, this is a beautiful moment for you to have your sins forgiven and to begin a relationship with Jesus. Let's all say this out loud. So, Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you for loving me. I turn to Jesus for my forgiveness. I receive it today. As of today, I'm saved. 
I choose to live for Jesus all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen, church. Amen. Come on, church. Give a good clap for that. So good.